Hello, welcome to I Thought You Were Special, episode number four. Today we're going to be closing out version 2.0, the, the Garbage's second album. I'm Alice. And I'm Missy Information, and I'm very excited to close this album out because I know at least one of the songs coming up is one of the songs I knew before this podcast started. But I'll let you get to that. Sure. Yeah, um, so since we last recorded, it's been a little bit since we recorded our last episode. Have you listened to Garbage mm-hmm. anymore? Yes, um, mostly just the first album uh, that's been in my rotation. Uh, again, my algorithm knows Stupid Girl. Um, special is also popping up on there because I've, I've listened to that one, you know, as the titular song um, a few more. And then also, um, I am not blanking on it. Um, Aftershock. Afterglow? Or Afterglow. The, there we go. The, the, title, I'll, the title song of the podcast. I know. Let me get into it and pretend like I know what I'm saying. You know, Afterglow, the titular song of our podcast that I know the name of off the top of my head. It's not the titular song. It's the theme song of our podcast. But... The theme song. Oh, God damn it. I mean, this is all no, saying. I, I, I said it first. I said it first. It's my fault. <laughs> I know. I just have Scott Ackerman brain. Um, okay. So, yeah, I, I, I'm really excited for you to get to listen to all of version 2.0. It's my, it's my favorite of their albums. And I'm curious what you'll, what you'll think after you listen to the whole thing. But today we're going to start out with the, our next single, which is When I Grow Up. It's, uh, I believe it's track four on the album. And there were two videos shot for When I Grow Up. And before we go into it, I'm just going to talk a little bit about it. Um, this video was shot by Sophie Mueller, who is a British um, music video director. She mostly is known for directing music videos. She was huge in the 90s. Very, very iconic. She directed videos like um, Annie Lennox's Walking on Broken Glass. She directed the music video for um, No Doubt's uh, Don't Speak. Um, Blur song two, um, just a just a just a lot of big hits in the, a lot of big hits in the nineties and then and then into the two thousands as well. Um, she's still working today, which is actually partially relevant to what what we're talking on this podcast, and we will we will hear from her again. Um, but for now, uh, we're gonna do the when I grew up live version, and I'll explain why it's the live version after we watch it. Okay. We are all queued up and ready to go here. We will do it in three, two, or the sound like the cat over there. We'll do the three, two, one, boop. Three, two, one, boop. And this is indeed live. But you've seen some live footage of them perform. Go ahead. This is shot on the version 2.0 tour. Sophie just went with them and, and shot a bunch of shows. I have heard this song before. Yep. This is a good song. This is this might be my second favorite song off the album Behind Special. A lot of fast cuts. It's a very fast beat song. Oh, I love her hair. Nice ponytail. Yeah, it's all it's all pulled back into a into a, it's it's almost an Ariana Grande style basically. I like her jewelry. She's got a nice. She's got yeah. a nice around the ear chain. And her um, the asymmetrical pattern in her shirt, where it's the crossing like uh, big plaid color, you know, but not the whole, not mm-hmm. evenly spread. And her eye, her eyes are always perfect. Mm-hmm. 
You know, I don't think I knew this was a garbage song. That's fair. I only vaguely... The song is like bouncing in my head in the sense of, oh, you've heard it somewhere. But yeah. Well, we're going to get to that. Um... It's so interesting to me that they picked this song for being the um, live video, um, like live footage video, because they, it's it's more of an electronic song, and so all these shots of them playing guitars and drums just feels a little like like anachronistic. But this was intentional. Um, after the last few videos, which were very high concept, you think about like Push It and Special, both being very you know CG heavy and or, or you know very artistic. They wanted to do a, a back to basics video as well. Yeah, you know it's reminiscent of their first video in Vow that we watched, where it's just them and the band and some visuals. In this case, mm -hmm. the visuals being the audience versus the the man writhing on the floor. Yes, I told you the fucked up little guy is a, is a, is a Regular character. It's a beautiful trope. This just feels like... I feel like I watched a hundred different music videos that were styled exactly like this in the 90s. Yes. This is very standard fare. It's very much about the song versus obviously, as you said earlier, any visual narrative. I mean, the visual narrative is, hey, don't they rock? <laughs> yeah. So this one's pretty straightforward. What are your thoughts? Really enjoy it. It's nice because you talk about that being more an electronic song, but I was very much following the uh, the drum and guitar and and all of that throughout it. It sounded much more much more like rock than some of the other songs we've had on this album, uh, especially well, even though it wasn't on the album, um, but the single for uh, Afterglow. Uh, was is obviously more high concept than than this song, which seems much more like a straightforward single you would hear from a band being released at mm -hmm. that time. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I think I think that's partially why Afterglow ended up as a B side. It really doesn't fit in with the with the tempo of the record. It's it's really kind of out there. Um, but yeah, no, I I really like this song. Let's let's go let's go ahead into the second video that I sent you. Um, this is this yes. is this is the when I grow up Big Daddy version. Because oh my. this song this song was used on the soundtrack and in the movie Big Daddy, the Adam Sandler movie, I think from 1999 or 2000, where oh Adam Sandler my. realizes he has a kid that he has to take care of who's like seven. Um, I think someone I think some famous twins played the kid. I don't I don't I didn't look this up, but um, but yeah. So this this video was the other video that they made where it's Shirley Manson with with some dancers on a set. And then intercut is footage from the movie Big Daddy. I was hoping and praying for my favorite trope of music videos, footage from the film Intercut. Whether or not it makes sense congruently with the visuals you are presenting for the music video. 
Yes, and so and so. Funnily enough, this is also directed by Sophie Mueller. Um, they direct they 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 filmed both of these videos at the same time. I think they fil- they only made this one knowing that they were gonna do they were gonna do the tie in with Big Daddy. But there is a version of it without the Big Daddy clips. But I, I chose the Big Daddy one because of course I had to. Um, well, why not if it exists? Yeah, I bought Big Daddy on DVD despite not really liking that movie because I wanted I wanted to have easy access to this music video. I have. Never seen Big Daddy. You are not missing and much. Thus, this will be. <laughs> I suspected I will be possibly exposed to this. Uh, well, I mean, obviously we just listened to it, but in terms of this this music video, I for sure will be a new experience for me. All right. Well, whenever you're ready. Three, two, one. Boop. Oh, we have another TV being filmed. Yeah, oh, and so, a kid. Oh, there, yeah. footage right away. Yeah. So the disco ball they show that's on the set is is kind of meant to look like the the cover of the 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 orange globe that's on the cover of version 2.0. Look at all this choreo. Yeah, and two backup dancers, which I think is the first time we've seen like choreographed moves with dancers in it. Yep. Rocking the spaghetti straps. Yeah. The, so the band members the are dress. there, but they're, they're putting them in shadows, which is odd. Mm-hmm. There we go. Footage from it. Well, they're cutting to the drummer and the guitar. Like, they're cutting to them individually, but yeah, when Shirley's there, they're very much putting them in the back. Yeah. But like Duke and Duke and um Duke is getting the shadow treatment for sure. I do like that when I grow up does just work well with the theme of the movie. And I wonder at what where did the synergy for these two meet? And maybe we'll have that story, but I'm I, it's such I, an interesting I, pairing. I'm I, my guess is the record company did this. The record, like garbage, is whatever major label garbage was on, did the soundtrack to this movie. Because that's usually how these things go. Like one oh, okay. one record label will will do the soundtrack, and then they'll just put a bunch of their up and coming artists on it. I love this part where she's on the couch. Yeah. These shots of her on a couch feel like iconic garbage to me. Yeah, I'm honestly just transfixed. She is so gorgeous. Yeah, and then so this is the I mean, video very that talented, actually. But oh yes, yes, just totally. This was the video that actually got the the airplay on MTV. The the live version I hadn't actually seen until I think their um they put out a DVD in 2007 called Absolute Garbage that had all their music videos, and that was the first time I saw it. But this one played on like VH1 and MTV a lot. Yeah, I can absolutely seeing this getting airplay. It's a it, the parts that aren't the clips are extraordinarily visual. Yes, I just love I, I, the sparkles. Yes, I I also love it when they they make it so that he's watching the video in the clip. I'm very into yeah, that. That's that's a great way of just shoving it in there.
it'd be great if that movie ended with the reveal that Adam Sandler was playing a pre- prequel edition of Big Daddy from uh, Cat on a Hot Tin Roof and the little kid's <laughs> brick or something like that. I think that's a little too highbrow for Adam Sandler. Oh, sorry, it's like Room with the Cat. Hi, Sam Paul. Hi, Sam Paul. How you doing, buddy? We all getting scritches? No. Okay, um, let's go ahead and... Uh, do, you, do you have any other thoughts about When I Grow Up? No, I really like it. Like I said, it's it's very much... It, this is what, if you would ask me the sound of garbage was beforehand, this would have been much more what I would have pointed to mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to some of the other singles that sure. we've um, seen the music videos for so far. Yes. Yeah, no, I think that is very prototypical, prototypical garbage. I think that song and Push It also, which are which are which I feel like are in the same lane, are mm-hmm. are, are are the garbage sound for sure. Um, but yeah, so we're we're actually gonna really switch it up now with our next single. The next single we're gonna talk about is the trick is to keep breathing, which is a deep, cu- more of a deep cut. I guess it was a single, but again, this was a video that I never saw on MTV. I never really heard this song on the radio. I knew about it because I'd listened to, I bought the album and I was listening to it obsessively. But, um, but yeah, this video was something I discovered later. Um, it was also directed by Sophie Mueller. Um, and so we'll talk a little bit more after we start it, but whenever you're ready. Okay, here we go. Three, two, one, boop. So we hear, see her silhouetted. Well, we see her silhouetted with the mic mm-hmm. stand. So this was filmed on the same tour, the version 2.0 tour, when they filmed the, the When I Grew Up video. Um, that was why Sophie Mueller directed both of these. Um, it was it was filmed in three cities, in Indiana, in um, Madison, and then somewhere else in the Midwest. Let me, let me pull it up. Madison and Kansas City. Yeah, she's wearing the exact same outfit she was wearing in the live version of When I Grow Up. Mm-hmm. But this one, this this video is much is much much more um, mellow, I think, compared to to When I Grow Up. But When I Grow Up was fast cuts everywhere. Yes. Here we're getting longer shots. Itself. Yeah, the song itself is much more smooth, and the, it's the more vibey, electronic-y feel, which is on that afterglow end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they and, and as we listen to, as we get to more of their singles, we will get to some more some more slow jams, and the and the albums themselves tend to have, in the back half, they almost always have some some slower songs and some ballads. Some really empowering lyrics. Yeah, little 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 Alice when she was in high school listened to this album a lot, and stuff like this really stuff like this really really was something for me at the time. Yeah, I like that this one is not attempting to be lip synced 
it is using footage from the live concerts, but it is interspersing it just as it feels, you know, appropriate. Whether mm-hmm. or not it's, you know, the footage of her actually singing at that given moment. Yeah. I would say this this is such an odd song to pick as the single. There are other songs on the album I think might have been made been more appropriate for a single, but even for even amongst the slower songs, um, this would not be my pick. I think the song the the um the video that we're gonna watch after this one was it makes a little more sense to me as a single than this one. That was a really interesting musical drop. I liked that. Uh-huh. This is a hard one to come on, on because I'm just vibing is the thing. Yeah. It's I mean it's just it's just live footage of the band. It's really yeah. um I hope I hope our listeners are are watching the videos along with us. I'm sorry for the dead air. Hey, you know what? Life is dead air sometimes. That's true. That's why Life you is fill dead it air. With the music. Gosh, it would be a trip just to listen to these without watching the music video along. Yeah. And you are just waiting for things to happen. Well, good reason you know. to click play along. We have Leave. those timestamps for you. Do you hear the breathing at the end there? That's very important. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is that yeah. breathing on the track itself? Yes. Oh, interesting. Um, Gar- Garbage loved to do little things like that because they because they were such a studio band. They spent so much time in the studio um, that they that they ended up putting in little 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 secrets like that was in their songs. I love I love when bands do things like that. It's one of those weird things where I have a hard time going to concerts because some bands are so studio focused that mm-hmm. I'm almost like, I want it to sound like just what it's like in the studio, but obviously they're doing layering, they're doing all sorts of stuff that goes into it. Um, but this, yeah, the, the layering in this is incredible. It, it Especially when you're, you mentioned in a previous episode, this was the start of them using computer and digital as the method for doing it so mm-hmm. the, really the way it would have been really raw like technique they would have been using for it so yeah it's really interesting that a lot of what we're hearing the sound hasn't really changed all that much but in fact the sound has probably gotten louder if anything and has gotten a little worse with the mm-hmm. uh, advent of more and more and better digital technology yeah but here they really were trying to make it sound as much of an album cut as possible so it matched all the sound of the time that still was doing an analog. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so let's move on to our next single. Uh, there's really not much more to say about that video. It's it's pretty straightforward. It's a nice mm-hmm. performance. Um, our next vid- our next song and video is "You Look So Fine," and this is going to be the last single off of version 2.0. And then we're going to talk about their Bond song, "The World Is Not Enough." But "You Look So Fine" is one of the last tracks on the album. This video was also directed by, let me get his name correctly, um, Stefan Sedenu, um, who is the director who did the Milk video. I don't know if oh, you yes. remember that one. And so this mm-hmm. one's a little more abstract as well. Um, but it, it, it's it's less, I think, trippy. But, but anyway, um, let's just go ahead and kick it off whenever you're ready. 
Damn, that, that milk video was very epic. I, I've watched that video a couple more times to try and crack it. I haven't cracked it. So we'll yeah. see how much uh, this one is more or less clear. So three, two, one. Boop. Already we got some trippy visuals in the sky. Yeah. There's an all-seeing eye that is looking at Shirley in the desert next to a man to whom she's singing. You know, you look so fine, of course. Uh, the the man is a is a professional surfboarder. I don't know how they cast him, but he is. Um, have you ever seen Evangelion? Ooh, no. Okay, this this isn't really a spoiler because it, it it's completely abstract. But this video always reminds me of the end of the end scene of Evangelion where they're they're like, there's like two of them on a shoreline, with with a with a setting behind them. I don't think they were inspired by that because this came out around the same time as Evangelion came out. So, but it's it's a weird yeah, coincidence. My, my brain first went to the um, painting of the man sleeping in the desert with a lion approaching him. I can't mm. remember the artist's name. Even the, even though this is you know a woman and a man lying on here. Mm -hmm. So again, this I never saw this video like on TV ever. The first time I saw this video was I downloaded it from Kazaa in like 2000, 2001. And it was like a, it was like a 12 megabyte video file that had, was like, like 200, 200 by 200 pixels. And, and none of this mm -hmm. was decipherable. I just saw Shirley like lying in front of my next to a man. And that was basically it. Don't let anyone tell you the old internet was better. It was different, but mm -hmm. this is better. I'm interested if there's those other men silhouetted in the background that we sort of get glimpses of too, but... Oh, those are the band members. Oh! Oh, I didn't realize that. <laughs> of course. Mm-hmm. It's funny, because I would, I would say her makeup is slightly pale, but then I remember that is also she is just herself. <laughs> Very alabaster, yes. uh, as I call my husband. Uh, so yes, I understand. Yeah. And well, and she's also being very much, uh, trying to like, I love her. Like, God, it should, I sound, I sound almost too hetero if it wasn't talking about her face and her makeup, but it's like, yeah. God, her face is so beautiful. Oh man, I can't stand it. But it's, it is just sort of like, her face is just a canvas and she yeah. always has it painted perfectly. So this this song is this song's lyrics. I really I always thought this was a sexy song. Listening to it now, I'm realizing she says I'm not like the other girls. So it's a little like toxic white feminism in there, but um, <laughs> it's okay. It was a different time. Before it got appropriated by basic bitches. No, I don't think it was ever a good phrase. I don't think there was ever any virtue in <laughs> I'm not like the other girls. I still haven't figured out if he's asleep or dead, and I don't know if I'm supposed to know the answer. He did just sit up and and, and kiss her, but that but is it a dream? Is it was it reality? Well, yeah, that's that's exactly it. Is that it, there's all seeing eyes in the sky again? Yeah. Which if those are from the same creature, that's a really wide set of eyes for where I, I don't know where the nose would be in between it. 
happy end. Oh, but she doesn't look happy. That's called irony. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, awesome. well, I like that music video. It, I, it's, I like the Milk music video better in terms of what this person has directed between the two because mm-hmm. I think there was a bit more going on with it. This was a little more static, but, you sure. know, it was... Uh, it's not a... You know, it's not the energy of a when I grow up, you know, in terms of the song either. So mm-hmm. it, it makes sense that it would be much more focused. But yeah, it was interesting. Again, it, it I, 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 it still is interesting to me. Just, I would still think without going into this history that Shirley was like all the, you know, was mostly her. And then just stuff like behind it. Like it, it the music videos really do. All of them just send her, her, which you know makes sense. I she's the the very charismatic person of it and the lead mm-hmm. singer, but it really is interesting how all of these music videos are like art pieces that she's the star of. Yes, absolutely. But I, I will say one thing though is they do feature the other members of the band in certain ways. Oh, in yes. this one they're just in the background, but I think there's another world where they, they don't show the other members of the band at all, and it's only Shirley. <laughs> Yes, that's true. They are, and that's what I would not have recognized is that these are people are, are were part of it, but they also just chose to be like, they they, they knew. <laughs> they're like, yeah, we're, we're, we're very comfortable being in this club. I mean, they're three it's, studio I, nerds who attracted a, a beautiful red-headed Scottish lady with an incredible voice, so. <laughs> exactly. Know your place, I guess. All right, let's All right. let's move on then to the next song, which is Garbage's song for the Bond movie, The World Is Not Enough. Um, mm-hmm. I, what's your familiarity with, with Bond? So I'm a pretty decent Bond nerd in the sense of more than your average American. Okay. Um, I have seen all of them at least once. Wow. I really like the... Um, Daniel Craig ones mm. um, is I think that I, I I just like this character even though I know it's really a very it's straight I appreciate it as straight camp is how I'm yes. watching it because he is so mm-hmm. like misogynistic yeah. and it's but it's weird because it's he's all these toxic traits but everyone in the films doesn't mind it or they make it known if they don't mind it you know and then that has to deal with it but it's, it's one of those things where it's like people call him out but other people are like totally into it so i don't know it's like the movie tells us sometimes that these things are fine and other times it's not so it is weirdness but yeah i i probably but i'm not obsessed in in like the you know james bonding you know with matt and matt where there's yeah very much steeped and then know all the facts it's like no i know of james bond i know of the problematic nature of it mm-hmm. and i know the films are action films that it appeal to me they have the right amount of campiness and the right amount of you know good executed action especially the earlier ones what what and do you the david craig one what do you think what do you think of the world is not enough the movie that's one of the ones I've only seen once. The right answer. I, yeah, not a big Pierce Brosnan fan as Bond, although very big Pierce Brosnan fan in other films. Interesting. Uh, GoldenEye, though, is is a consummate Bond film. It is one of the best Bond films. Yeah. And, and is so, such a strong opening Bond yes. film as well. It's like that and Casino Royale 
are two of the best ones out of the gate. Like, Dr. No's not a great Bond film. Like, it's sure. a fine introduction for it. And uh, Live and Let Die is... is, you, is it, I watched it for Blank Check's commentary, and it is one of the more problematic ones within the, the series. So that one just is not a... That was a false start debut mm. uh, in my regard, and uh, uh, is probably one of the worst ones. Uh, that's out there so but anyways um but the world's not enough yeah i'm even trying to remember is that the one that is um where they're against north korea no i believe that's tomorrow never dies that's tomorrow never Dies. see that's even how much it's the other one where this one is um uh oh god that's what i was to do is it an ice cavern that they end up going to am i thinking yeah it's it's some some guy wants to like Make the Earth shrink by ma- by moving all the tectonic plates together. I remember a yes, lot about this movie for some yeah, reason. Yeah, because it's sort of a weird like ish one of what um, the of what um, yeah. Christopher Walken's character is wanting to do. Max is is wanting to do in uh, oh god, uh, a view to a kill. There we go. Yeah. See, you can also tell how much of a Bond fan I am by it's there, but I'm having to pull this stuff out. It's, uh, it's right on the tip of my tongue. Missy, I'm going to admit, I've really only seen the three Pierce Brosnan movies. That's fine. I, I don't think that's a negative thing. Uh, James Bond is not, I think, a huge enough cultural touchstone where I would be like, how dare you for not having seen it? Because they are, at the end of the day, action films, which appeal to you if you like action films. Mm-hmm. You, you know, if that's... It's very much genre films, um, but in terms of the genres, I like them. They're kind of, you know, yeah. Fun. Actually, I but lied. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've only seen I've only seen Goldeneye. Tomorrow Never Dies in this one, and I think after this one, I just gave up. This is the one with he... Denise Richards as Doctor Christmas Jones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love Denise That's Richards, not... but but no. Especially the fact that her character was a nuclear physicist, I yep. believe. Yep. Mm-hmm. And and the she existed little, uh, solely solely that that Bond could make the awful joke at the end of the movie. Yeah, please <laughs> please deliver it for us all. I thought Christmas only came once a year. Yep. Yeah, oh God. <laughs> God, I fucking hate it. Okay. Well, well. High point. High point for me was this song and the music video yes. we're gonna watch. So let's go ahead and get the the music video queued up. I say, and we'll talk about it afterwards. As much as I like Bond and I've seen the films, what I am more of a mission I love is the Bond themes. Mm. So we'll talk a little bit more about that after we're yeah. done watching this. Yes. Whenever you're ready. Okay, here we go. Here we are in three, two, one, boop. So this video was very expensive for them. Um, I think I believe it was it was the most expensive um, music video they'd made at this point. But I think it was a co-production between their their record label and the Bond Studio MGM. Red hair, red dress, red dressing room. Mm-hmm. She's she's taking the earrings off someone who's passed out. <gasps> Who is that? That's the band members in there, working on some sort of science tech. Or, but they're all mannequins, though. I don't. I don't think this is actually the band members. The band members do make an appearance, but yeah, in the, in the, they're in the not. Movie. Yeah, they're not. There's just some mannequin people. Well, the person she took it off of was a mannequin. Oh, they're making a clockwork Shirley. No, see, so what that's supposed to be is they is that 
there was a second Shirley taking the earrings off the, the collapsed first Shirley, but it just was a mannequin because that's that's how they filmed it. That green screen, that, that green screen did a lot of heavy lifting there. Yeah. The world is not enough. I sing that refrain to myself more often than I should. Mm-hmm. So this was actually kind of prescient because um, Shirley Manson eventually went on to play a T-1000 unit on the Sarah Connor Chronicles in the mid-2000s. Interesting. Maybe we should watch that. Maybe that could be a bonus episode. I've, I've never watched it, actually. So yeah. I've never watched it, so I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely curious. Ooh, that's some really interesting secondhand smoke. Yeah. So basically, the thing is happening is her lips are poisoned, and when she kisses someone, they die. Oh, no, we can't talk about poisoned lips, because then we're going to talk about the gay awakening of Batman and Robin, and that's not that episode. Oh, okay. Interesting. Um, Batman and Robin was very pivotal to my, 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 my trans awakening, so... We have to come back yeah, to this. We have to, circle, we have to circle back to this. Yeah, we, we'll circle back to it because right now she's yes. driving away in what? The iconic Bond car. Yeah. Pulling up to... It's interesting they set the music video in 1964 and they're not trying to have it... Be, this is not a, oh, we're going to put clips in from mm-hmm. the movie in here. This is its own yes. arch narrative that's yeah. nothing to do with the film. So there was a version of this that had clips, but it was split screen. Um, but MTV primarily just played the this video. Yeah, now we're back to the scene of robot yeah. assassinating the real You'll one. You'll surely answer. the real one. Oh, bomb in her chest. Back when you can have acts of terrorism <laughs> being alluded to this or set up within a music video, and everyone's like, hooray! Yeah. And there's the band, you're right, much more prominently uh-huh. featured on the stage. She's on top of the world, a giant globe, and of course, singing It's Not Enough. And I believe that was also the cover of the 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 soundtrack was that globe. Um, also, I young Alice went to Best Buy and bought the soundtrack to this movie just to listen to this one song. I paid eighteen dollars for this one song and I felt ripped off, but it's okay. I love garbage. The countdown clock's getting awfully low. Yeah, no, she just blows up that theater full of people. Yeah. Yep. That's the end of it. You don't see it, but you hear the kaboom. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. What were your thoughts? Oh, love it. The music video, that's fascinating. I love the story in it. It's really good. It played just the right amount of special effects for the time that it wasn't trying to bite off more than it could chew. Uh, really great and I, I already knew the song i love the song so not really you know wasn't really listening for that i was just watching the music video and yeah that was very fun that might be my one of my favorite visual parts that we've done so far probably just because it totals full little story mm-hmm. you love that little story oh yeah. that was fun that totally. was great oh my god the more i'm thinking about it the more the more and more i just find it charming well why don't we go into the bonus video this is an extra long bonus video that i've warned you about so 
In addition to the video, they made an episode of MTV's Making the Video, which was a show that happened in the in the late 90s where they went behind the scenes on making of music videos. I think famously they did Britney Spears' Oops, I Did It Again. Then there's a Blink-182 one where they did all the small things. Um, and then and the Blink-182 members also parodied other people who were on the Making the Video as well in the process of it because they're, they're nerds. Um, but yeah, so this one was for Garbage. Um because this was such a big video, they dedicated this whole episode to it, and we are going to watch it whenever you're ready. Now, I've not seen an episode of this show, so I'm very excited just to be reminded what TV in the late 90s was like. Mm. I, I I watched a lot of MTV at this time period, so this is all like... I've definitely seen this episode multiple times. I, have, I didn't rewatch it in preparation for this because I kind of want to discover it along with you. But again, whenever you're ready... Here we go. In three, two, one. Boop. There's that Bond music to start us off. The Bond theme, interesting enough, the musical riff of it was taken from an um, Indian sitar song. Hmm. British colonialism knows no bounds. Um. So Garbage didn't write this song. It was actually written by... Um, is it by David Arnold, who also did the the soundtrack for the movie? Yes. And the lyrics were by Don Black, who had also written the lyrics for a number of other Bond songs. That's gotta be a fun job. You just you write all the lyrics to Bond songs. Yeah, but you only get work like once every four years, right? True. So they're in London. I love her voice. Yep. I love I love her Scottish accent. Um, mm -hmm. I love that she said she always wanted to be a Bond girl. That's mm -hmm. a very specific like UK thing. I don't know many American girls that'd be like, oh, I want to be a Bond girl. It's like first thing off the top of their head. Yeah. But they're like, as a kid, they wanted to be growing up. I think it's lost a lot of its luster. I don't know. If, I wonder if people, if like kids today still want to be Bond girls. It felt like the Bond girl kind of got deprioritized a lot in the, um, in the, the most recent Bond films. Well, I mean, a lot of them just got fucking iced, so you also have to deal with that that becoming a trip too, where, mm -hmm. oh, you're a Bond girl, but you also have a good chance of getting shot some way during the movie. Surely talking about the director that they picked? Mm-hmm. Is he German or Dutch? Um, I'm not sure. He might be German. He has that tones of Werner Herzog. Hmm. He has he he's German. Oh, we're seeing behind the scenes of the scientists making the robot. Mm hmm I thought so I thought the special effects in this held up pretty well. It didn't look clunky. It definitely looked aged, but I didn't it didn't bother me too much. 
No, it was that right amount where they were using enough physical props and then enhancing it right. with CGI, whereas now everything is CGI, so it really all has a level that's that's odd. Yeah. But you're it, right. It, it's... Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. It's when, it? Yeah, when this era started using all CGI backgrounds and things, that's where things got really wonky, and it's like, no, you're not at the party yet for that. Yeah, we, wa- we watched The Climb by uh, um, Miley Cyrus. Um, but yeah, so one of the um, strangest bonus episodes we've had so far. Um, they're showing the, clips, the actual building of the of the android here. Um, I famously yeah. don't like the Muppets, but I think this is pretty cool. Yeah, that storyboarding they had was really fascinating. That's an aspect of filming that I com- I totally forget about all the time existing is storyboarding. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite Bond song? My favorite Bond song... So it's hard to parse out because it's judging Bond songs on what are good Bond songs and what are songs that I like. Because probably one of my favorite Bond songs is uh, View to a Kill, but that's because it's a Duran Duran song, and it's yeah. a really good Duran yeah. Duran song. It's, it's, so that's song, that's that, all rips, yeah, no, totally. Yeah, and that's, so that song is just good of everything, but I also feel like it's a pretty good Bond song. Golden Eyes, very good. Any um, uh, Diamonds Forever, bad film, great title song. Uh, Thunderball is great. Um, uh, um, Goldfinger is is probably the number one Bond song mm. because it's just really set the theatrics and level of energy you expect going into it. And also it's Shirley Bassey, so it's just crazy great um i love skyfall the only ones that i really don't prefer are sam smith's writing on the wall moonraker that's another surely bassy one but that song's just kind of dumb it's just not a great song uh living oh living let die is a good one that one again is one of those ones that i wouldn't have known it was a bond theme Mm mm-hmm Except for the fact that it is a Bond theme. You know, yeah. I just think I heard it on the radio for a while and just apropos and, and had heard it. Oh, I mean, we see here now filming the uh, dressing room scenes. Mm-hmm. Again, it's so funny seeing this, <laughs> seeing the, the fourth wall broken and we're just looking at all of the different set stuff and me having just seen it and thinking, oh, of course, this was just filmed in a room in an actual hotel not yeah no no this was not an, this it. was not a location but i feel like this was also back in that time i bet if this was filmed today they'd film it in a location probably yeah this is when the studios had like music video making yeah. dedicated like studios dedicated to just that so it had all of this set building and design all thing just you know on hand mm-hmm. where now yeah, yeah getting locations is probably easier The dressing room thing is continuity thing. I love him. So this this episode is pretty drama free. There were definitely some some of the episodes of this show that were that were about like the artist get not agreeing with the director or just mm-hmm. being like like throwing a fit or something. This one was yeah. pretty straightforward. Shirley is all in. She is one hundred. She's like, I got to be a Bond girl. I got to lay this so great. We're gonna have a lot of fun. Like she's doing really really 
into it. I love I love that she's getting to live her fantasy through this video. Yeah. They're showing us her double, the one that they filmed the face of lying down, so that uh, when Shirley approached herself, she uh-huh. has someone to, to yeah. approach. The stand-in. <laughs> oh. Oh, no, there's drama. They ruined a take by laughter. Oh. <laughs> it is interesting. You just you hear them playing... The song, and it's all yeah. just one big lip sync. And you know that, I know that, but it's just it's funny to be like, oh yeah, no, they're literally just blasting that on set for her to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And I've heard that um, in order to make music videos, because you're lip syncing, but you actually have to sing along. Oh, and so, yeah. And so filming music videos can often be really hard on, on, on singers, especially because they have to essentially be singing to their song multiple times for hours at a time. Yeah, and they want to look like they're giving the energy they're doing because most of them aren't a- actors mm-hmm. so they're just going to sing as if they're singing live to get that expressiveness <laughs> he's just talking about getting to snog a beautiful man oh <laughs> the fact they're calling it snogging oh my god all right what, what's your rating of this guy oh the actor his yeah. mm. He gets a 007 out of 0010. Okay. I'm not bad. Respectable. Not bad. He's He is certainly above average, but he's not in my type wheelhouse, I guess. Okay, question fair. mark. I have I have no opinion, so. Yeah. I like that he I like that he dies. Ha. All the she's talking about this car as if it's having hot sex. Yeah. All you men and dirty ladies wanting to get inside of it. I love it. I don't like to consider myself a dirty lady, but I don't give a shit about the car. I have seen one of these cars before because there's one at the International Spy Museum in Washington D.C. Yeah. So she's singing along in the car while she's driving, or fake driving. And they got the water on the windshield already. Going back to the topic of Bond songs, I think my favorite is Skyfall. And I haven't seen Skyfall the movie, but great. it's it's such a beautiful song, and Adele's version is so good. Yeah, I, I... Adele really knocked it out of the park with that, and it felt the closest to a original mm-hmm. era Bond song than most of the ones that have come. Well, especially the one before uh, from Another Day to Die, which was from Quantum of Solace, was Jack Black and Alicia Keys, who are just jamming on that song. It was, it's one of the most antithetical Bond songs, which is part of the reason I love that song. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was, Skyfall just was a pure return to a that traditional form, and, and God, she can sing. I think that maybe is why writing on the wall feels so disappointing in comparison because it's hard to be in the shadow of Skyfall. And yet it won an Academy Award, so what am I here saying? Mm-hmm. You know, I can't be smirching on that regard. 
uh, but yeah, not not a huge fan of it. And then I'm gonna be honest now. I'm trying to even remember. Oh, Billie Eilish sang the one from uh, No Time to Die. I remember not not liking it, but I don't remember it, so that's not a good yeah. thing. But um, I have not sought it out. Sure. Where um, where does this song rank for you? This is. If we're doing it by like say like a top tier, mid tier, this is in between mid and top tier. Okay. I think it's it's a song that it's rare for a Bond song to outdo basically the entire film, mm-hmm. and I think that's one of the rare feats it does is that this song in of itself stands apart from the film as being a very good song. I mean that it's, film was bad. That's not a, that's not a that's yeah. not a hard, that's a low bar to clear. Exactly. Well, yes, but. No, I would put this in my top mid tier. It's hard because it's just going to get edged out by some of the ones that fit better as actual Bond songs. Sure. But this one, in terms of the more modern era, definitely hits the mark uh, for sounding like that. Especially just the sweep. The sweeping orchestrals fit really well with the driving drum beat. Yeah. Which is a good balance you want. Is, you, is that sound that also... Can your your sound mix well with orchestra sounds? And I think mm-hmm. some artists it works well, and some it doesn't. Shirley's laying across this giant globe. Mm-hmm. For fans of Bond themes, there's a interesting clip of Matt Gorley playing some of the re- rejected Bond themes uh, to Conan O'Brien and his assistant on their podcast. You kind of guess a long game, but uh, some of them I hadn't even heard, which was, I didn't know that um, Taquana Gonzalez had a Shirley Bassey song that was recorded and rejected for it, which huh. would have been her fourth one. So it, uh, it, it did not quite fit. I mean, again, the Jack Black one was very big departure from it, uh, in that regard. Uh, so they missed it. Like, we're going to go a completely different direction um, with mixed results from fans. But the the unsolicited uh, Johnny Cash version of Thunderball, where it sounds like a Western and like Thunderball is like the name of someone's horse, <laughs> is pretty. It's like an epic. It's an epic song and how wrong it is for how good of a song it still is. Now she's in that gorgeous red dress, and they are doing this. She's saying that they're doing this at like midnight. Yeah. 16 hour day for, for filming. Yeah. They did this all in one day. Oh, this one has pyrotechnics involved in yeah. the shot, so they do not want to get it wrong. Yeah, that's all that's all practical. They're they're all just they are all standing there. That's yeah. wild. I feel like I feel like especially now that would have been green screen for sure. Yeah. When I went to see Lady Gaga in September, her show had a lot of pyro, and I was really into it. It reminded me of being a kid and going to WWE shows. I I had the homeschooled version of that, which was going to Trans-Siberian Orchestra concerts. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We did that. I did that, too, a few times, yeah. (laughs) Oh, Shirley just said it will hopefully be a great Bond film. Well, future us know. That wasn't quite the case. Yeah, but well. Song, great. Look at these computers. Oh man. 
Got some, got some, got some CRTs going here. Yeah, th this song definitely ranks better than a lot of the um, the mid era Bond songs. Like some of the Roger Moore ones. There's a couple that I just like. A lot of people love "Nobody Does It Better" by Carly Simon. <laughs> I'm just not a fan of it. Yeah, I think it's especially just because of it's like a beautiful song, but I'm like, I this doesn't feel like a, a bomb song to me. Um, mm -hmm. So we're gonna get to watch the video uh, again now. Oh my gosh, Chicago, 1964. Wait, I think I know where that building is in Los Angeles. I wonder. No, they're in London. They're in London. They said. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in 1964, okay. I wonder if that's significant to Bond. Because maybe Dr. No was 1964. Yeah. 62, okay, so it wasn't. Mm. They just picked They just picked it. <laughs> yeah. This is nice because I I was going to invoke the rare request to watch one of these over again if I hadn't known that we had that 20-minute video coming up. But mm -hmm. now we're going to get a watch it at the end again anyways. Yeah. I, that clockwork effect, I really like. Because it could have looked like garbage. But they... Ha, no pun intended. Yeah. But they really... Watching this again, I think the practical effects look even better than the first time I did. Right. Well, we I'm know really that... Because I'm really noticing how it just blended. And we know, yeah, we know how much of this was done practical. as practical versus the yeah. the, the effects. Basically, it basically looks like they superimposed her face over it, it seems like. Gosh, this is so interesting seeing some of these be filmed and then watching it now. I mean, mm -hmm. of course, any behind the scenes I'm fascinated by in that regard. I kind of felt true to that. But for this one, gosh, the visuals really are impeccable. Mm -hmm. It's funny that we comment on how that actor looks because we're not seeing a lot of him in this up until the point where. Really, you just see his face on the floor. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, young Michael would have been way too horned by even just this shot of, like, barebacked. Like, not... there's. It's cut off before her ass, but just the fact that she's, like, naked torso yeah. in general. I would have been like, oh, I'm not supposed to be seeing this, but more, please. This this did not titillate me much when I was when I was younger. Like I would rather watch the the when I grew up video where she's on the couch than this. But that's me. I mean, I was titillated by Batman and Robin, what can I say? I have yeah. no standing here. This these lyrics, this part of the lyrics I never really got. I feel safe. I feel scared. She feels ready, but unprepared. For for getting that bond dick. Yeah. You know. I just imagine all these songs are being sung to James Bond himself, like and about him and and his his capacities as a lover, because that's just how I'm gonna read into everything. Because everything Bond seems to be coming back to how well water can or cannot fuck in mm -hmm. the end.
<laughs> Best Bond pairing. Christopher Walken and Grace Jones. No more questions. Nope, here comes the bomb. Yep. Again, <laughs> released before 2001, so very different world. That's that's going to be kind of relevant in our next episode. Oh, boy. <laughs> I love the way she says arse. Yeah. It took me a while to realize that arse wasn't just like them saying the spelling ass but weird and right. that no it's a completely different word it right. means the same thing but no no it's it's an old word yeah i mean it's like it's like aluminium right mhm that right. was great so that was that was, that was so interesting making the video for the world is not enough um and so yeah that's going to bring us to a close on version 2.0 and the and the, and the world is not enough. You are now allowed to check those out. I would strongly Yee! recommend you check out version 2.0. I, again, incredible album. Um, in our next episode, we are going to... Well, okay. In our next episode of I Thought You Were Special, we're going to cover the first three songs from their ne Garbage's next album, um, Beautiful Garbage, which came out in 2001. Um, we're also going to talk a little bit about um, my sort of obsession with the band, which was growing to a fever pitch at this point. And I'll, t I'll tell you a little bit about reading Shirley Manson's studio diaries um, while they were making that album. And, and that was that was very Ooh. pivotal for me in high school as, as a young person. Um, but the next episode you're going to get on this feed isn't going to be the next I Thought You Were Special. Missy, why don't you tell them what, 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 what we're doing next? Oh, if you're waiting for more of that, uh, 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 no, no, no. We have a debut episode of one of the podcasts we will be continually working on. A much more oh, self-indulgent yet also self-flagellating experience uh, called Not a Hate Watch. Mm -hmm. And we mean that. We are going to be... Uh, Alternating between picks for myself and for Alice, pieces of media, be it movies, TV shows, that's probably what we'll stick to, but it could be albums or artists, uh, books, anything that we have been strictly avoiding because we sincerely think we are going to hate it. Mm -hmm. For whatever reason, it is on our individual of have purposely avoided watching not yep. something that we're ambivalent to because there's a lot of things that we're both ambivalent to that's mm -hmm. not fun for a podcast of well i don't care about this no 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 no, no. we need that buy-in of something that we don't want to watch and when it is done with our pick we will then get a pick for the other person what piece of media they will have to then watch from their list and yeah. without we won't be talking about what's on that list we'll be talking about what's getting picked but there are some there are some interesting ones where we're both shocked that the other one hasn't seen it and yes. is making us excited to do it and other ones that on the list where we're like oh i dread watching that i can't wait to pick that so we both have to watch this thing yeah <laughs> the I, I, first one go ahead i just want to add we called the podcast not a hate watch because we're going to try to come at it from a from a fair lens not yes. assuming we're going to hate it. it the, the point of the yes. show is not to trash this stuff. It is mm -mm. to really just re interrogate why we think thought we were going to hate something and determine if we like it or not. That's that's basically the idea. 
Yeah, I you know, my expectation for a lot of these is that I'm going to end up coming out thinking that it's fine. Yes. It's not, I mean, I'm not expecting to move the needles for the, and especially as you said, I'm not trying to move the needle more toward the hate direction. Yeah, sure, I may end up watching something and be like, oh no, I, I hated this more than I expected. Yeah. But at the same point, it really is, as, as Alice said, to address why we have avoided this and whether or not that was from something culturally outside of it or something within ourselves that don't fear. And the first one we're going to be doing is a fulfillment of a promise from Twagist, which mm-hmm. is, I'm going to make Alice, as well as our friends, Forrest and Emily from Radio Free Multiverse, all watch The Apple, the 1981 biblical disco musical that isn't even a full story of Adam and Eve, all set to some of the most high-energy, cocaine-induced, fever dream dance sequences that have ever been put onto film. And these poor souls are going to watch it with me, a person who genuinely likes too much of the stuff that's in this film, knowing how bad it is. I can't help that some of these songs get ingrained in my head, and I need other people to at least experience it and know that it is there, that it exists, and that someone took a genuine stab at this story and did it work? No. But they made something pretty damn unique on screen. And yeah. that's what we're going to experience. So we want all of you to not hate watch the Apple with us. And you're going to see if your notes uh, line up with with Alice and Forrest and Emily's. I'm very excited to see. Now, you have not watched it yet, correct? As time I have recording? not watched it yet. As okay. of this recording, I have not watched it. I will watch it before our next recording. Um, and yeah, so the, so the next episode you'll get on this feed is is the first episode of Not a Hate Watch for the Apple. At the end of that episode, we'll list we'll we'll name the thing that I'm going to be picking for Missy that she, that she'll need to watch before the ne- for our next Not a Hate Watch. And then, but then following Not a Hate Watch, we're going to go back to I thought you were special, and we'll do the we'll do the next album, um, Absolute Garbage, over two episodes. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I'm really nervous about giving you the power of the pick because I I picked this before we had the concept totally hammered out for the podcast. Yes. And I, it's a doozy of a one, so I have a feeling the retribution will be swift and I'm, severe on this one. I, so it's look, gonna be I, great. We'll talk about it more next week. I'm not I'm not I'm not super anxious about it. It'll be okay it'll be okay. I think it is more calling me it's like it's like getting called out on, on it's like getting called out on something that you always say you're gonna do and then and then now you have to do it, sort of. So yeah. we'll, we'll we'll talk more about this next week. But um, how do how do you want to end the how do you want to end this episode? Oh, uh, I, know, I, know, I, know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Um, so as we always say, but for now, as we always say to end the episode, sometimes life is dead air. Agreed. We'll see you next week. Yay! Here I open the door and I hear Herman Walker talking about how he tried he tried to be on new on on Reddit and all this porn stuff was popping up. I'm like, you can just block it as it goes, like.
I have a huge list of blocked things. Um, not the good gay shit. That's left for a surprise on new when I'm scrolling through. Um, but I don't need to see every single subreddit dedicated to your... Uh, to, to your... Um, oh, I can't even think of the word. Cartoon. Yeah, your cartoon fetishes. Yeah. Not that there aren't some hot cartoon characters out there, but I don't want... I don't need to be on the hall. Yeah, we don't need to see slash R slash Powerpuff Girls Gone Wild or whatever, right? Yeah. I, the best prank that I've done to my husband, and I'm not a very good prank person because I'm just not, I just don't think that way, is I did subscribe to, on his Reddit account to Dragon's Fucking Cars, but it is oh, such yeah. a ill-frequently posted website that it took him like a week or something to notice, long enough for me to forget. So when he came up to me, he's like, Michael... Did you subscribe? And by the words that came out, I was cackling, laughing because I had forgotten. I'm like, ah, I did. Ha, ha. He's like, I hate you and love you. I'm like, I know. Okay, but we're here to record. Get you out of here for your yeah. party tomorrow. This is all going in the podcast, right? Oh, we can put it as like that little bit at the end where sure, it's like, yeah. oh, they say the stuff before they're technically recording and at the end because that yeah, dragon yeah. fucking car story. That's a that's a plus plus. That's pretty good. It's pretty good.